This is Behind the Cut with Christopher Grenland, the companion show to Not About Lumberjacks. This is a commentary in two parts. Be advised that part two discusses eating disorders and poverty. Part one. I live in an area with a strong podcast community. Local friends started podcast movement and brought Jared Easley from Florida in for good measure. Podcast Dallas is a monthly podcast meetup that's one of the more consistent in the country. Like any major metropolitan area, the podcasters in the area are rather varied in topics, but also like any major metropolitan area, many of the podcasters in the area do the entrepreneurial podcast that's like all the other entrepreneurial podcasts out there. The same people are interviewed, and the host, no matter how much they say it's about adding value and other buzz phrasey things, Well, it's really about them, hopefully, making a name for themselves and imagined riches. And I won't knock that, at least entirely, but in all the talk about being genuine and authentic, the methods they follow are more like John Lee Dumas, and not so much those hosts doing something a bit different. Put it this way, locally... You can have a really interesting topic at Podcast Dallas and, you know, you'll get some people there. But put the word monetize in the title and it's standing room only. It's probably clear by now that I'm not the biggest fan of typical entrepreneurial podcasts. That whole, buy my system for success and you too can rebrand it your system, Telling other podcasters wanting to make money how to make money doing the same thing only a handful of us are doing and actually making money. It all reminds me of a multi-level marketing scheme. But I've been a guest on Julian Placino's Pathways to Success, and I'm friends with people whose shows may not necessarily be my thing, but they do a great job with their realtor shows and shows focusing on other industries. They're not all bad. Which brings us to the creative ascent with Brooke Ainsley, the fictional podcast that was the subject of the latest Not About Lumberjacks. I wanted to at least poke a little fun at the kinds of shows that are full of buzzwords and viewing every interaction with another human, not as a human encounter, but a potential sale. I wanted to address how it seems that hobbies must now be monetized at any cost. The dreaded side hustle. So Brooke was written to be a bit stilted. A young woman who got lucky from her hard work emulating other podcasters slash YouTubers slash influencers. But with few exceptions, even the people I've met in the area and at conferences who do those kinds of podcasts almost always do them with a hope. And while that hope is usually notoriety and money, I have a hard time ripping on somebody in a job they dislike 
trying their best to find the success they're told on many shows they can have if they just take that first step. It usually doesn't happen for most people, but that marketing line and often lie is a topic for another time. It was important for me to make Brooke a character who seemed very typical, but then addressing the effects of growing up poor on even people who seem to have it all, and even those who do have all they ever dreamed of. Part 2 When L.J. Burke mansplains how Brooke and her listeners need to learn how to live with enough, it's a sentiment I might even agree with were he not such a privileged, bullying asshole getting off on putting himself in the role of a self-help guru. There are straight-up greedy people in the world who would just as well take a pittance from the hand of someone in need if it added to their already huge pile of money and possessions. But Brooke is not one of those kinds of people, and in Larry Jane's arrogant assault on her way of life, the purpose of the story comes out. Larry grew up in a family worth hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even a low billion. He's never wanted for anything, but Brooke grew up so poor that a simple can of green beans was split at the dinner table among siblings leaving barely enough for any of them. Brooke's greatest fear is seeing all she's built and earned fall out from beneath her and leaving her impoverished again. Someone who's grown up in a life of security might say, well, even if that happened, you built wealth up once, so you can obviously do it again. But when that's not your way of life and you finally make it, Aside from many people feeling a bit guilty attaining a dream, they feel they got lucky with the one shot they have, and to lose it means to lose everything. It wasn't a stretch for my wife to play the role of Brooke. In fact, I wrote that section based on her life. When I hear people make fun of people who live in trailers... I love seeing their faces when I tell them my wife lived in a trailer park for a while. I'm a big guy, but my wife has it in her to eat faster than me and eat more than me because that can of green beans story was once her reality. No fiction there. I swipe that directly from her life. And because there was often so little food to go around when she grew up, even if you place a bounty before her, it's never enough. Same thing with money. We don't play the lottery, but when a big lottery makes the news and I talk about what I'd do with the money if I played, and I mention giving much of it away, it's almost like I've taken food off my wife's plate. We could win a hundred million dollars, and somewhere in the back of my wife's mind would be three hundred million ways it could all go away. My wife is anything but greedy, quite the opposite, really. But even when we've had enough, the anxiety of never having enough is replaced by when does this all go away and we're back to having very little. It's not an uncommon fear, 
and the people I've known who carry it know that it's not an entirely rational way of looking at the world. But that's the thing. Poverty, coupled with anxiety and other mental struggles, often equals a fear that never goes away for many. Maybe it morphs into other things, but it's a thing some can never escape, no matter how good they eventually have it. And so, Brooke Ainsley gets her moment. The woman from Flat Lake, Kentucky, gets the chance to set a rich kid from the city straight. And that's wonderful, but... Larry Jane Burke presumably goes home after the interview, still the rich kid who never wanted for a thing. And Brooke goes home and worries how long before home is no longer there. Thank you for listening to Not About Lumberjacks and Behind the Cut. Theme music for Behind the Cut is a tune called Reaper by Hrazen. Visit nolumberjacks.com for information about the show, the voice talent, and music. Next week, it's the annual Christmas story. Or I should say stories. A few years ago, I had some very short stories, and I thought it would be fun to call that episode around Christmas stocking stuffers. Kind of these little stories that, well, you get out of a stocking if they were physical things. People seem to like it, so it's now become an annual tradition. And next week, we have two, well, sort of somber Christmas tales broken up by something a little different. Until next time, be mighty and keep your axes sharp. <laughs>